Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Lloyd sent me a story, said Steve, check this story out from Michigan. And this actually happened in my proverbial old backyard, literally about two miles from where I grew up. Uh, and so he noted that it happened in Michigan, and Fox 2 covered the story, and um, I've been on that station a few times. Robin Murdoch and Jack Nissen wrote this for Fox 2. Troy Place apartment residents told to vacate due to unsafe conditions in the building. So imagine that you're renting an apartment, and one day they come by, knock on your door, and go, everybody out. Everybody out. Now, we've heard of stories where this happened, like a building's unsafe. Like there was a fire, everybody left, and they can't go back in because now it's unsafe. At least these people appear to have a little bit of time to get their stuff out. But that's small consolation, considering the fact that you got to move. And um, it's an ugly situation with the timing. But also, there is an interesting legal case that that this jarred a memory of that I probably haven't thought about in 40 years, but 35, but (laughs) we'll get to that. Troy Place apartment residents told to vacate due to unsafe conditions in building. Busted pipes, flooded halls, and no heat were just some of the problems preceding an order from the city of Troy telling residents at an apartment complex to vacate the property. The Troy Place apartments were declared uninhabitable by the city's building department, which gave people living in one of the 147 units a notice of do not occupy after mechanical inspections of the property determined it was unsafe to live there. Now, this is located at the intersection of Big Beaver and Crooks. And yes, it's called Big Beaver Road. It's also called 16 Mile Road. And there is an exit for it off of I-75. It is exit 69, I kid you not. And I tell you that simply because there is an annual car show called Detroit Traffic Jam that I attend almost every single year. It's for a good cause. And they are within eyesight of that exit. So this is right down the road from that. The closure comes at a tough time for those who live in the complex and now must find a new place to live amid freezing and snowy weather. Michigan finally got winter uh, the last couple days. In fact, yesterday I got my new snowblower out. At first, I thought it was just a first floor issue, but then come to find out what inspectors came and told us today, it's a whole building issue, said one of the tenants. She said they've been having issues with the management for quite some time now, and they recommended everybody leave in the next few days. And by recommended, they've been told to leave. The issues go beyond just disrepair at the complex. The owners also, according to the officials, owe $300,000 in taxes. A broken boiler and flooded hallways means repairs needed for the complex are extensive. The letter sent to residents said legal action would be taken against those that chose to stay. Social workers are now working to house those who were forced to leave on short notice. So if you're one of the 147 tenants or their family members, there are people trying to help you. But of course, things can be quite tough right about now. And like I said, the weather... We had sub-zero temperatures overnight a few nights in the last week or two. Uh, Got a couple inches of snow yesterday. This is not the best time of year to be ousted from your place. Now, what this reminds me of is an old, old case that we read in contracts in law school. And you read a lot of old cases just to give you an idea about how cases and the law have evolved over time. And one of the most fascinating cases is called, a case called Paradigm versus Jane. Paradigm versus Jane. The case arose in 1647. 1647. It's an English contract law case 
which established what they call absolute liability for contractual debts. Because we're going to get back to the situation in Troy, but in this case, 1647, during the English Civil War, Prince Rupert was the commander of the armies of his uncle, King Charles I. Forces on both sides often looted the estates of the nobles for the purposes of gaining supplies. And in 1643, British royalist forces, known as the Cavaliers, took possession of land owned by the plaintiff, Paradine, which was under lease to the defendant, Jane. The royalists held the land for three years and finally gave it up in 1646. And believe it or not, the justices of the King's Bench Division stated that even though in previous cases they would not allow a lessor to proceed against a lessee in time of war, Jane was still liable for the rent. So (laughs) they were basically saying that a landlord-tenant relationship is simply a debt. And when you sign up to rent someplace from somebody, uh, you now owe them money. And if you don't pay them, that's too bad. Now, the guy goes, look, I couldn't use the property for three years. There was an army on it. They go, oh, it's too bad. You still owe the money. You agreed to pay the money, right? Well, honor your agreement. So the case, of course, has been criticized over the years. In his book, The Death of Contract, Law professor Grant Gilmore suggests that both English and American judges broadened the principle set forth in this case unnecessarily. He argues that no legal system consistently held parties absolutely liable for the contracts they made, and that the holding of paradigm itself is limited to its own circumstances. So that, of course, is quite true. Nowadays, landlords can't get away with that. And so when a landlord rents you a property, be it an apartment, a house, piece of land. They are renting it to you or leasing it to you, and they're doing that with certain concepts that arise by operation of law. So if they rent you a house or an apartment, someplace you're going to live in, it's presumed that there is a warranty of habitability, a warranty of habitability. And I've mentioned before the implied warranty of merchantability, which arises in some sales of goods from a merchant. And they don't have to tell you the thing will do what it's supposed to do. That's implied by the warranty of merchantability. Likewise, a landlord does not have to say, by the way, I warrant that this property will be habitable. It's presumed by operation of law. So the place becomes uninhabitable. Then you, as the tenant, have all kinds of things that you can do, such as stop paying rent and move out, or stop paying rent and take steps to get the place brought up to habitability. Uh, Self-help is fraught with peril, meaning if you start doing repairs to the unit, that might be something that could come back to bite you. But the point is that here, if the apartment became unsafe and you got ousted by the local municipality, You no longer owe them rent, and they might owe you damages. However, I'm simply pointing this out because I have to as an attorney. The owners owe $300,000 in taxes, according to this story. So get in line when it comes to somebody owing you money. And that's the sad part. So it looks like 147 units were emptied. um, And even if there's only one person in each of them, it's 147 people. But of course, there could be two people in a unit. There could be families in some of these units, depending on how many bedrooms there are and so on. So there are quite a few people here displaced. 
and they've been displaced legally. The local municipality appears to believe this is required because of the failure of the heat and the plumbing. So if you were to live there and you got ousted right now, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff you need to start looking into. One is trying to get your security deposit back if, in fact, they owe it to you. Uh, And they might not, depending on how your last rent payment went and so on. But also, there are some other issues, and it sounds like there may have been some water issues. And so they mentioned what floor people lived on. Obviously, the lower you are when it comes to water, the worse off you are. So it might be people with water damage to their property and so on. I'm talking about the stuff that you own that's inside the apartment. So it's a crazy story, and I I feel very, very uh, bad for the people who live here in Troy Place Apartments because, like I said, um, I'm I'm familiar with it. It's about a mile and a half from where I grew up, and um, I've got friends who live over in that area, but I don't don't think anybody lives in that apartment complex I know of. I could be wrong about that. But you can imagine that you're trying to go about your life just doing what it is that you do in your life, and you come home from work one day, and there's a big red or orange notice nailed to the front door of the building and possibly another one taped to your front door of your unit that says, do not occupy. And it says, you must vacate these premises subject to, and you could get in trouble legally if you don't get out of there soon. Pack up your stuff and leave. And unfortunately, that's not something anybody wants to do most days, let alone in the middle of winter on short notice. So Lloyd, thanks for sending me the story from Fox 2 uh, from Troy, Michigan, a neighboring community from where I grew up. Troy Place apartment residents told to vacate due to unsafe conditions in the building. And it looks like the owners of the building, landlords, might have bigger legal problems as well. Questions or comments? Put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Can you remember who you were before the world told you who you should be?